Welcome to the Cashflow Guys Podcast. Good morning, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. We are back. This is Tyler Chef, and I am the host of the Cashflow Guys Podcast. And let's just go ahead and jump in, shall we? This week, we're going to talk about earnest money. Um, popular thing, a popular question I get a lot is, what is earnest money? And the second question that I get as a follow-up question is, well, why does it matter? Why do I need to give earnest money? What's the big deal? How about I just give 100 bucks? Well, that's what I'm going to cover this week, and I want to dive in and go into that because this is something that a lot of folks really don't put a lot of emphasis in on, I should say, and they don't realize the importance of the earnest money in the transaction. And guys, this can be a deal maker or a deal breaker, depending on your views or your mindset when it comes to earnest money. Now, that said, before I even get started on this, I want you guys to know that I get it. A lot of you guys are out there doing deals and you don't have much money or any money and you're trying to put things together. And I totally understand that. There are ways you can structure this that maybe you don't use your money and you can still get it done. And I'm going to cover that. It basically involves promissory notes and things like that. But this episode, the huge benefit is if if you are in a position where you've got money to play with, those of you that are out there making legitimate cash offers, I don't mean no disrespect to my wholesaling friends, but y'all are making cash offers and you're not, you're not talking about your money. A lot of you don't have that kind of money in the bank. I get it. I understand it. But this, it, what I'm about to cover, talks about when you're actually going to buy a property and you're actually going to pay cash or you're going to use hard money um, and using this strategy to get more deals under contract and more importantly, get more deals to over, over the finish line, which is pretty important, right? So Google, Mr. Google uh, d- defines earnest money as money paid to confirm a contract. I'm going to say it again, money paid to confirm a contract. And as I said a minute ago, in my opinion, this is one of the most important elements of a deal. Now in Florida, and I'm pretty sure in all states, I know some of you are going to write in and go, no, no, I live in so-and-so and it's different here because I read it on Facebook. Oh, I'm here to tell you, I got a lot of friends that are lawyers across the country. And what I've learned is that uh, this pretty much applies everywhere. As a matter of fact, I've never had an attorney or anyone show me any sort of statute that makes what I'm about to say untrue. You need to have some sort of consideration in order for a contract to be considered enforceable or legitimate, if you will. What do I mean by that? What's consideration? Well, that's where it gets gray, right? Consideration really is in the eye of the beholder, so to speak, right? Like if you go in front of a judge, a judge may have a certain opinion of what consideration is. And this isn't legal advice. You want legal advice, you pick up the phone, you call Sean, Sean Yesner, like I do, at Yesner Law, if you're in Florida, and he'll give you legal advice. But I bet you if I had Sean on the phone right now, he would define con- uh, consideration as something of mutually agreed upon value. It may be, maybe it's a, I don't know, maybe it's a Bitcoin or a cryptocurrency. Maybe it's a, I don't know, a cage full of chickens. Uh, maybe it's... Uh, the deed to your car or the title to your car. It could be living room furniture. It could be the stakes in your freezer, something of value that you're putting up to show that you're serious, something of agreed upon value, which means both parties need to agree upon its value at to be considered consideration. Okay. That's, that's my opinion. I'm not an attorney and I don't play one on television, but what does that mean? Well, that means if I want to write them a post-dated check and the buyer or the seller and I agree that the post-dated check has a certain value, 
that can be considered consideration. The thing you got to be careful of is if what if somebody changes their mind and decides that's not, that's not uh, doable. Well, then we get into a whole legal gray area, which is beyond the scope of this podcast. But really consideration is meant and is most commonly referred to as cash, money, simoleons, Benjamins, whatever it may be. But the gold greenbacks pledging that you're going to put some money in escrow, some sort of money in escrow. Okay. Now that could be a hundred bucks. It could be $50,000 and not putting earnest money down guys. And I'm gonna tell you a lot of wholesalers. I know play this game. They don't have two nickels to rub together. And they're out there trying to quote unquote buy properties. We all know that they're broke. They don't have any money, which is why they're wholesaling. And they're saying they're going to put earnest money down or they think they're going to fast talk the seller and not put any earnest money with a contract. And I got news for you guys. It's all cool and sexy until it's not until a seller decides, you know what? Screw you. I'm not paying. I'm not selling my house and you go, but I have a contract. And then you go record a memorandum against their title or something like that, or a memorandum of a contract. And it gets into court and you go in front of the judge and you're like, yo, 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 I got a contract. And the judge is like, yo, 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 hotshot. You don't have any consideration. So pack sand, buddy hit the road. Um, and then the seller countersues you for damages for being a dickhead. That happens, guys. It does happen. You don't hear about those stories. Why? Well, because those stories don't sell real estate courses, and that's why you don't hear them. Okay? And people, I've heard gurus give this advice. Oh, man, you don't need no earnest money. You just you just smile and wink and nod and say this sexy thing, and earnest money problem melts away. Well, it very well may and you might get away with it. Yes, absolutely. It's like you might also get to drive drunk. Or you could swerve off the road, hit a tree, and die or kill somebody else even worse. Right? So just because it's it – doesn't, it, I'm not saying it doesn't go on every day. Understand that. Because it absolutely goes on every single day all over America. And I don't really care if it's right, wrong, or indifferent. It doesn't matter. What I'm trying to explain to you is – it's very important that you put down earnest money because, man, it's going to be the great deal. It's going to be that home run, kick-ass, legendary, blow-it-out-of-the-park deal that the seller's going to change their mind and you don't have any earnest money in there and the contract gets invalidated because you don't have any earnest money in the deal or something of value that both people agree in value. So that brings me to the next thing that could be considered a value, which is done, I wouldn't say a lot, but I've done it and it works. And that's a promissory note. In the event I default, I promise to pay you $5,000. Okay. I did this back in the day when I didn't have any money. I did this all the time. And I'll tell you about 60% of the time it worked because the guy would be like, well, I want, I want to, you're not giving me a, a note for $10,000. That's no good. I'm like, well, I don't have $10,000 and I don't know anybody that has $10,000 and you probably don't know anybody that has $10,000, but here's a promise to pay $10,000. And if I don't pay you this, ten, if I default on this contract, this note becomes valid, this promissory note. Now I'm indebted to you for $10,000, John. And what that really means is I'm stuck owing you $10,000. You can take me, me to court, haul my butt into court and enforce this promissory note. And if there's collateral involved, I could lose the collateral. And if there's no collateral involved, you could get a judgment against me. And there's all, you can maybe even garnish my wages depending on where you are, state and whatnot. But bottom line is, John, I'm telling you that this, if I don't do what I'm supposed to do, it's not going to be comfortable for, for me. 
right? And that's the whole idea behind earnest money is it's not going to be comfortable for me to walk out of this. It's my way of saying that I'm going to follow through in the contract. Okay. Now, those of you, I see this all the time when I got my realtor hat on. People submit contracts for a million-dollar house, and they put $100 down in earnest money. First thing I think of is, dude's not serious. Can't be serious. Or he's going to do something shady because he doesn't want to risk anything more than 100 bucks. And I got news for you guys. Your earnest money deposit, if you do it properly, is not at risk at all. Because you write yourself in a due diligence period or an inspection period, you make the contract or the the agreement subject to your approval of the home inspection or of the earnest or of the review of certain documents or maybe of your attorney's approval. If you've got a partner legitimately, you can say subject to my partner's approval. I have done deals, guys, where I'm talking about $150,000, $250,000, $400,000, single family houses where I've come in with a hundred percent earnest money, which means I'm offering you $249,000 for this house. And I'm coming in hot with $249,000 in real cash, greenbacks, real money, bank wired over to my boys and girls over to insure title. What do you think the realtor does when they get that offer? They're like, hell yeah, dude's serious. The seller has the same opinion. He's serious. This guy's playing to win. So every other contract, boys and girls, is suddenly less sexy. See, the seller and the real estate agent think, this fool bails out, doesn't close on this contract. Oh, man, we're going to get paid. If you guys don't know this, that aren't realtors, but a lot of realtors write into their listing agreements that in the event that a buyer backs out and an earnest money deposit is awarded to the seller, that the broker gets 50% of that or whatever percent they, they, they want. I do that in my listing agreements. Why do I do that? Because I shell out a ton of, a ton of money in marketing to get that buyer to the door to write that offer. And if I got to retool and do it all over again, that buyer that bailed out is going to contribute to the Uncle Tyler fund to reimburse me for the money that I pissed away. All that's not going to go to the seller because I actually suffered financial loss. The seller also probably suffered financial loss, but so did I. And because the seller and I are a team, we're working together to make this thing happen. I have literally never had a seller say, no, you can't have half the deposit if someone bails out. Now, I don't get a commission if somebody bails out. That's the other thing you got to think about, guys. I don't get a commission and the seller doesn't get their mortgage paid. The seller doesn't get their problem solved. The seller doesn't get to move. They don't get any of these things. If they want to take mama on a vacation, guess what? Mama's not going on a vacation. And if mama's not happy, nobody happy, right? So when you come into these offers, if you've got, if you're going to, let's say you're going to do a deal where you've got, I don't know, 80%, 80% loan to value at 80, 20 loan. The bank says, Hey, John, you got to put 20% down to get this deal. Why wouldn't you pony up that 20% that you're already going to have to put down anyway, put it in as earnest money. Write yourself an inspection period in there and make the contract contingent on the inspection, you approving the home inspection or you approving all of the requested due diligence documents or, I don't know, the approval of your cat's therapist, whatever it may be. Put yourself an easy out to give yourself a legitimate out if you need it, right? Because you obviously want to do your due diligence. You want to walk through the property. Maybe if it's an apartment building or something like that or it's rented, and the tenants are, are there. You don't want to disturb the tenants or the seller doesn't want you to disturb the tenants. Happens all the time. It's not a big deal. 
So you put subject to your approval after a walkthrough. You walk through, you find out there's a chalk line and a, a dead horse head on the kitchen table. Maybe you don't want to buy that property. Cool. You can say, hey, uh, line three of the contract says that if I'm not happy with the home inspection or the walkthrough, then the deal's off. And I'm going to go ahead and exercise that option and the deal's off. It's that simple, guys. It's that simple. And then the title company has to give your money back. It's not even a question in the state of Florida, and I believe all states, it is state law. The seller doesn't get to hold that money. It's not in their bank account. It's in the title company. Or if you're using an attorney, if you're in a state where you're using a closing attorney, it's in the closing attorney's escrow account. Go ahead and let an attorney try to play fancy business with someone's earnest money. That attorney can be disbarred in a heartbeat. So attorneys generally aren't going to play any silly games with people's earnest money. If they decide if the contract says they're entitled to get it back, they get it back. It's that simple. Now, once you exceed those easy out periods, you get past that inspection period, and then you waffle it. You get weird and decide you're not going to follow through. Well, then I guess tough noogies. You're going to lose the money. That's why you put it there in the first place. If that wasn't the case, then the whole idea of an earnest money deposit is kind of BS in the first place, right? That said, guys, never, ever give earnest money to a seller. Sellers, don't ever hold a buyer's earnest money. It's just going to cause you a bunch of grief. Real estate agents, you guys should know better. You're, you have the, you're required by law to follow certain procedures when it comes to earnest money, so I don't even need to give you guys a lesson. Wholesalers, you get that earnest money, boys and girls. Put that over into a title company or whoever your closing attorney is. Get that money out of your pay, out of your hands. When a buyer writes you a check, you should be thinking, hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, get this damn thing out of my hands and get it over to an escrow company so it's a third-party problem, not your problem. You do not want to tango with the state agencies when it comes to earnest money. Don't go down that road. A, a real estate agent can literally lose their license over earnest money issues. I mean, you could be suspended. A broker could lose the ability to be a broker over other agents over earnest money issues. A real estate attorney or any attorney for that matter can literally lose their law law license, not their law degree, but their law license in the state they're practicing in, in some cases over earnest money issues if they did something shady or, or dishonest, okay? So it's not a joke. It's something you got to pay attention to. Um, but understand this. An earnest money deposit, when you're in the buying chair, if you're a real estate agent representing a buyer or you're a buyer yourself, the earnest money deposit, guys, can make or break a deal. It can put your offer in front of all others. I have paid tens of thousands of dollars less on deals just because I had a huge earnest money deposit. Here's an example. We had a house that uh, we were buying to do a flip years ago, $244,000 offer. The buyer had another offer at 300000 but I came in with, at the time, I think I had 50% of that. I had about one hundred and fifty grand, about one hundred and twenty-five grand liquid in cash. The rest I was getting from a, a loan. Uh, I came in with a $125,000 earnest money deposit. Yes, I had an inspection period. I did my due diligence. And if something was wrong with the house that I wasn't ready to handle, I could have got out of the contract and got my money back. So, yeah, I sent a bank wire over to the title company, put that money in earnest in escrow. Real estate clients I've done business with, I have counseled them the same thing. Come in hot and heavy. I have done apartment building deals where we fronted 100% of the money into the earnest or earnest money up front. Okay, 100%. And we just have exceptions in the contract that allow us to get our money back if we need to. And let me tell you, when your offer's on the table, especially now with lots of other offers, 
your offer is going to reign supreme. The sellers are going to know you're playing to win and your offer is probably going to get accepted even if it's significantly lower. Any agent that's got half a brain sees you come in hot and heavy with earnest money, they're going to pay specific attention to your offer. That I can assure you. Sellers use earnest money. Real estate brokers use earnest money to see if you're a serious player or not. So if you want to be taken seriously, come in hot with that earnest money. Now, if you're one of them jokers that's out there trying to flip stuff with none of your own money and you're working on zero money deals and you're going to get rich and you know, you're following the Ron LeGrand, whatever the hell he's teaching this month, then, you know, I got nothing for you. I guess you're going to have to be our competition because guys, if I'm bidding on, if I'm making an offer on a property and you're making an offer on the same property, I'm going to smoke you like a cheap cigar every single time because I'm coming in hot and heavy. How am I getting these deals done in Key West? i tell you why. We're coming in hot. I'm coming in cash. I've got contingencies built in, but I'm coming in cash. A million, $2 million, plopped in earnest money. How you like me now? I got real estate agents going to beat my door down to sell me their deals because they know we're playing to win. We're here to close. We're not here to write a bunch of offers and then go sit at the bar and you know lick our wounds how we didn't get any deals under contract. We're here to get stuff under contract. Okay, that's what it's all about. Now, keep in mind, guys, again, this is not something you have to worry about losing the money as long as you follow the terms that you've written into the contract to protect yourself. So if you want those terms to protect yourself, simply write them in subject to inspection, subject to buyer's approval inspection. Go talk to your real estate attorney in your area and ask them for some examples of things they can put in the contract or you can write in the contract to give you an out. So if you decide for whatever reason, this deal isn't for you, you can get out and keep your earnest money intact. Okay. This is not something you have to worry about. You should not be asking yourself the question. What's the, what, you know, how much is enough is the, is the wrong, is the wrong question. How much to guarantee a yes is a much better question. Again, those of you doing deals with no money, you're broke and you're just trying to schlep a deal onto somebody else. And, you're out there lying to sellers and doing that type of stuff. That This information clearly is not going to help you. You're just going to have to learn how to be a better liar. But to the rest of you, the majority of you that are out there doing honest business, you want to make it happen, get serious. That money is all refundable, 100% refundable. So use it as a weaponize, as a weapon, guys. Weaponize that earnest money deposit. Use it to your advantage. Use it to make sure that you are the one sitting at the at the closing table and nobody else except for, of course, your team and that seller. Guys, you want to learn to be a master at negotiation. That's cool. And you can say all the fancy things you want anytime you want. But at the end of the day, your job is to get a nod, to get that yes, to get to that finish line. The way to do that is to get aggressive with your offer. Come in and eliminate any doubt that you will close. And this is a very powerful strategy to make that happen. Guys, hope you have a great week. I hope you take some action. And I will catch up with you very, very soon. Um, If you're interested in getting on the phone with us, go to keywestcashflow.com forward slash call if you want to learn about our upcoming real estate fund. This concludes today's episode. You don't have to wait till the next episode to learn to earn. Head over to cashflowguys.com and contact Tyler and his team for more powerful tips and ideas. So you can start generating multiple streams of income and escape the rat race.